Trigger warning, this episode will include the topics of murder, sexual violence, and death. Listener discretion is advised. In April of 2013, a woman boarded two buses in Ciudad Juarez, Chihuahua. After riding the bus for about 15 minutes, both the drivers were shot point blank. Even after interviewing over 20 eyewitnesses, her identity is still unknown. Today, we'll talk about who this woman could have been and what her possible motive was. We'll read excerpts of an email reportedly sent by this assassin and why she is known as Diana, hunter of bus drivers. Next, on Technically a Conversation. you're listening to Technically a Conversation, a podcast where we share an interesting topic or story with each other and hope you find it interesting as well. I'm one half of your host, Jose, and I'm joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, Isela. How are you doing today? Doing lovely. How are you doing? Doing great. Good. Super excited because you and I did an ad for our show, and it's going to be on a couple of podcasts. So if we have any new listeners coming over from Crime Family and awaken your inner awesomeness. We hope that you enjoy our show and add us to your podcast rotation. Yes. Welcome, one and all. <laughs> <laughs> Quick reminder about our contest before we get started. If you enjoy our show, take two minutes to leave us a review. What should they do again, Isela? Take a quick break from this and leave us a favorable review and take a quick screenshot. Shoot it on over to one of our socials. You'll find all the awesome details at www.technicallyaconversation.com. That's right. We'll read it on the show. And once we have 25 reviews, we'll do a drawing and give the winner a sexy Technically a Conversation t-shirt. So again, check out technicallyaconversation.com for all the deets or just check the show notes. To those of you who have hacked your coworkers' phones while they were on break and subscribed and left <laughs> us a review from their phones, thank you. Yeah, that's pretty awesome in a uh, criminal to criminal type of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Great job. Quick shout out to the queens, Erica and Elena, the Duke, Stephen B., and Eli for sharing our posts on your social media. <laughs> we really do appreciate it, and we appreciate you helping our podcast grow. Yes, thank you so much. We just hit 3,000 downloads yesterday, folks. Thank you again for all your support and for being a loyal listener. Yay! The more eyes, the better. We really appreciate each and every one of y'all. Or the more ears. This is true. This is true. <laughs> For the posts, both. Yes. <laughs> yes. With all that business out of the way, ready to get started? Let's do it. Great. Let's get started. <laughs> so Isela, do you believe in superheroes? I do believe in superheroes because I see them on movies all the time. Yeah. Very appropriate that you're wearing Zack Snyder's Justice League t-shirt. I am. Who's your favorite superhero? I still like Batman because he's just like a regular old dude who just happens to have him a lot of money. He's like, I'm not really born with powers. I'm just born with money, which is basically as good as powers. So I like that. And he's super smart. So that helps as well. Yeah, for sure. Have you ever done anything heroic where you see a crime being done or someone being taken advantage of and you intercede? That's a good question. Um, we might have 
a few seconds of silence. I'm sure there's been something that I've been proud of heroic. Shit, no, I don't, not that it sounds out of my head. Now I feel like a schmuck. <laughs> well, you can always share later if you think of something. Sure. Now, do you believe that there are vigilantes, young loners on a crusade to champion the cause of the innocent, the helpless, the powerless, in a world of criminals who operate above the law? I believe that there are versions of that, yes. What if I told you that we had our very own vigilante here in the border area? Oh, I'd be very interested to hear more details. Now, more specifically, across the border in Ciudad Juarez. Let me paint a picture for you. It's the end of August 2013, and on two consecutive days, a woman with dyed blonde hair or a wig boards the bus at 8 a.m. Both times... She sits on the bus for about 15 minutes before moving to the front of the bus, pulling out a gun, shooting the driver, and then getting off. The citizens, as well as authorities and law enforcement, start speculating what the motive could have been. An email is sent to a local news website by a woman claiming that she killed those bus drivers because she was getting revenge for sexual violence and murders caused by bus drivers. The email was signed, Diana. Huntress of Bus Drivers. She signed it Huntress of Bus Drivers? She did. Wow. This is very intriguing. So in 2013, were there stories about, I mean, there's always stories of women being raped, but were there specific stories of people getting accused that were like men that were bus drivers? I'll go ahead and get into that in a little bit. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> the inspiration to cover this topic came from a Rainbot video I watched on the YouTubes during lockdown last year. This is what I was watching while everyone else was watching Tiger Claw or Extreme Tiger or whatever that stupid-ass show was called. Tiger King, yeah. I didn't watch it either, sadly. <laughs> there you go, Tiger King. My brother and I were at my mom's house on Sunday watching the documentary Arrow, as one does while visiting their mom. <laughs> Shout out to Alfonso. <laughs> and he asked what city Arrow took place in. I told him it was Star City. He then made a comment about El Paso needing its own vigilante, and that triggered the memory of Rainbot's video, and I thought this would make a great podcast episode. Now, as with all episodes linked to this video and all sources mentioned will be in the show notes. Now, before we go into the details, spoiler alert, right off the bat, this episode will probably inspire more questions than it will answer, but it doesn't mean it's not an interesting story. So let's go ahead and go over the facts and what we do know. Let's talk about what was going on in Juarez at the time. A lot of this I wasn't familiar with, despite living right on the border. I can literally see Juarez from my backyard. Now, aside from hearing about the bodies of women that were found in the Juarez desert, I really wasn't aware of any of the details aside from that. I didn't know who they were, why they were being murdered, or who was killing them. Now, from a Guardian article titled, Diana... Huntress of Bus Drivers Instills Fear and Respect in Ciudad Juarez by Joe Tuckman. The legacy of young women's raped and mutilated bodies that were regularly found dumped in the desert has a history with the Juarez bus route, particularly the number 10 bus route, which heads east out of the center along the border into the barren hills of the infamous Anapra area where many of the bodies were found. The majority of these women being factory workers, forced to leave their second shift factory jobs at midnight. Two of the women interviewed for this story 
recount how unsettling it is to be riding the bus late at night, especially when they are the last one on the route and the bus driver starts getting creepy. Aye. Unfortunately, this is a way of life for a lot of the women of the maquiladoras. As if having to deal with constant harassment from the bus drivers wasn't enough, it's also a known fact that some of these drivers also double up as drug dealers. As a result, the women that ride the bus are ready to accept the vengeance theory, and some have even come to admire her. After the famous email from Diana, they now believe that she might have been a factory worker. One of the bus drivers they interviewed, who was only identified as Rodrigo, admitted that some drivers on other routes have raped and killed. <gasps> he stated that after the two bus drivers that Diana killed, he was terrified of driving and even had a sore neck from constantly looking behind his back. There was now a plainclothes police officer that rode with him in the hopes of catching Diana if she struck again, but he admits that wouldn't do him any good if she gets caught after he gets killed. The Rainbot video I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast stated that according to anecdotal evidence, some of the bus drivers had a picture of Diana's sketch taped to their dashboard, and the bus drivers refused to board anyone that resembled the person in the sketch. Now, I think right now would be a good time for a commercial break, and when we return, we'll go over some excerpts from the email Diana sent the local news. Oh, exciting. Okay. In a time where trust is scarce and anxiety is high, count on the Daily Planet to provide you with up-to-the-minute news wherever you are. Our Pulitzer Prize-winning reporters ask all the hard questions, and our highly researched long-form exposés bring you all the facts to help you make an informed decision. We unveil the details on what's really going on behind the headlines, and our award-winning photographs come second to none. We cover everything in the greater metropolis area as well as world news, finance, sports, politics, and gossip to prepare you to be the most informed person in any room. Whenever a story happens, the planet gets it first and has it webbed and in print while the New York Times is still fishing for sources. Be sure to subscribe to keep your finger on the pulse of all current events. How was your break, Isela? It was lovely. I was searching for my blonde wig. <laughs> <laughs> Were you looking to seek any vengeance against any murdery, rapey bus drivers? <laughs> you know, the last time I rode a bus, thank God, was I was only in high school. So, <laughs> or no, no, that's not true. I rode the bus a lot when I first moved to Austin. So, but everybody was like kind of super chill there. That's good to hear. What are your thoughts so far based on what you've heard? So I did watch a documentary and there was a, there was a bunch of women that did work at those factories, the maquiladoras, and they talked about how their shift does end late. And unfortunately, they do have to take public transportation. And a lot of times they have to leave their really young kids alone because they have to work. There's really no other option. So I know they're forced to do a lot of things that they don't want to, but taking public transportation should not mean that this is like the a man's free pass to assault anybody. You know, I really do believe that some of them have taken advantage of some of the passengers. I mean, it's going to be the last women that are on the last stop. And I can see that. It sounds very feasible to me. Yeah, I agree with you. 
nobody, no women should ever have to deal with that shit. Yeah, it's really awful. But I'm really intrigued to know what all was said. I would hope that she would give more information that would kind of incriminate maybe specific names or um, I know we know that's like the root 10, right? So that's a great start to point the finger. But do we have names? Do we have what he looks like? Do we have shit, even what his penis looks like to work for Michael Jackson, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and Trump's mushroom penis also. Hi, I didn't hear about that one. Yeah. Great. Oh my God. I'm very visual. You can't tell me these things. Yeah, I think it was Stormy Daniels that said that uh, he had a very mushroom penis. Oh my God. Fucking thanks a lot, Stormy. <laughs> now, before our break... I teased that I would go over some excerpts of the email that Diana had sent. Before I read it, I'm going to preface it by saying this. I attempted to obtain the full email, which was sent to and published by a news publication called La Polaca Juarez. When I attempted to go to the website, my router's firewall immediately prohibited me from going <laughs> due to the site being infested with malware. Oh, no. My intention was to translate the entire email and read it. For those that might not know, Spanish is my first language, which is why I pronounce English words, particularly those pertaining to cattle and livestock, poorly. <laughs> That's funny. As a result, I'm not going to be able to read it in its entirety, but heavy.com put a Google Translate version of the email on their website, link in the show notes. But I feel like the excerpts that NBC News and CNN posted are clear and better translated, so I will go based off of what they published. Now, the interesting fact from the Heavy.com article that I did want to point out is that the email was received from an email address with the username Diana La Casadora de Choferes, <laughs> which literally translates to Diana, Hunter of Drivers or Chauffeurs, and was received on Friday, August 30th, 2013. In an NBC.com news article titled, is vigilante known as Diana the Hunter behind bus driver slayings in Mexico by Ricardo Chavez. The quote they published from Diana's email was, I myself and other women have suffered in silence, but we can't stay quiet anymore. We were victims of sexual violence by the drivers on the night shift on the routes to the Maquilas. I am the instrument of vengeance for several women. Now, for those that might not be familiar since our podcast is heard in 35 different countries, flex. <laughs> the maquilas or maquiladoras, as they're properly called, are factories that are right across the El Paso, Texas border in Ciudad Juarez. Most, if not all of these factories are American owned, but the factories are built in Mexico to exploit the cheap labor and loose labor laws. CNN published a different excerpt from Diana's email. This one stated, I am an instrument that will avenge the attacks against several women. We seem weak to society, but we're truly not. We're courageous, and if they don't show respect to us, we will make them respect us by our own means. We women of Juarez are strong. Wow. That comes from an article titled, Diana the Hunter Slangs Frightened Ciudad Juarez Bus Drivers, Commuters, by Rafael Romo. I can't believe that it went all the way to NBC and CNN. It was all over the world. Damn, I had never heard of this. Juarez is a really big city, obviously, so I don't really follow all of that information. But the women that were showing up in the deserts, I, I did follow. But, um, oh my gosh, that's wild. And I love that her name is Diana 
kind of like your favorite superhero. She's part of the trinity of my favorite. <laughs> okay. <laughs> which are Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. Yeah, okay. There you go. She's up there. She's definitely up there. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's wild. I like that you read the first excerpt because now it really explains why she felt so deeply because she herself was one of the victims, it sounded like. So, I mean, it, it makes complete sense. I mean, how are you not going to want to take some revenge? I, I think it's just natural human character to, to do that. It's so hard to forgive. <laughs> now, that is very true. So now you know the story. What are the facts that we do actually know? Great question, Isela. Yeah. <laughs> now, CNN did a good job of listing the facts of this case so far, better than any of the other sources. These are the facts that they listed on their news coverage of this. Okay. The first bus driver was identified as Jose Roberto Flores Carrera, a 45-year-old who was shot and killed on August 28, 2013. The second bus driver was 32-year-old Freddy Sarate Morales, who was killed on August 29, 2013. In both cases, the drivers were shot point blank. A sketch of Diana was made after interviewing more than 20 people who witnessed the homicides. It's not a great sketch by any means, but that's going to be the artwork for this episode. If you were wondering why I asked the seventh grader to do our artwork this week, <laughs> it's actually the handiwork of a professional sketch artist. Okay, I'm really curious now. <laughs> oh, shit. No, seriously, it looked like something that I would have drawn in seventh grade or something. No, what the hell? <laughs> Who do they have as the fucking sketch people? <laughs> it's almost comical. Wait till I show it to you. Okay. They do know the perpetrator is a woman because her voice was heard yelling at the second driver. You guys think you're real bad, don't you? Before shooting him. The route that Diana killed both drivers on is Route 4, also known as the Yellow Route. 30 drivers normally cover this route. After the slayings, half of the drivers refused to report for work. The Rainbot video also mentioned that neither of the victims were robbed, so that ruled out theft as a possible motive. So what are the things that we don't know? Most importantly, we don't know the identity of Diana. Despite over 20 eyewitnesses, all we have to go by is a sketch of her. And not a very good sketch at that. Right. It's like a stick figure sketch or something, is what I'm imagining. <laughs> there is no evidence that either bus driver that was killed ever committed any rapes or murders. But if they had, this wouldn't be uncommon, as Juarez police are infamous for accepting bribes and covering up crimes instead of investigating them. It's unknown if the email that was reported to be from Diana is legitimate or a hoax. It doesn't appear like Diana ever killed any other bus drivers aside from the first two she was connected to. After those two deaths, she has never been heard from again. So now that you have the story, you have the facts, what are your thoughts or theories if you care to share? Okay, I have a couple of thoughts and theories. My first initial question really was, how do we know these men are the ones that are responsible? So if any of these men could be tied DNA-wise to some of the bodies that were found, then that would actually be pretty great. But like you said, nobody was really officially tied to it, or maybe they were and they were paid off. They're all variables when you don't have good police work and people are accepting bribes. I mean, this is straight up the Wild West until 
you know, real consequences and accountability starts being dealt. Yeah, and that's definitely very possible. Mm-hmm. What they were saying on the Rainbot video was that when women were raped and they would go report it to the police officers, instead of investigating, they would put it back on the victim and say that it was the victim's fault, that they were sex workers. <gasps> they took the worst approach you could possibly take to report of rape and murder. And, and I'm guessing a lot of people probably never even reported rapes just because they knew the police officers weren't going to do anything. So once you lose that accountability, right? I mean, like, what are they going to do? And then they're just going to grow in frustration. So honestly, I can understand why she would essentially take it upon herself. And 20 eyewitnesses? Are you fucking kidding me? It could also be that half of those 20, if not the majority, were also women. They've also been attacked or experienced, you know, their own victimization in some way. They don't want to say shit. They're like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe she was... Blonde, maybe she was brunette. That's probably why they can't get like a real good sketch. I mean, nobody wants to put the finger on someone who's actually doing what the cops should be doing. I mean, not that they should be killing people, but, you know, bringing some accountability. So maybe it's that. Maybe se estaban haciendo ciegos. You know, maybe they're turning a blind eye. Yeah, and several of the news stories that I read, they did state that a lot of the passengers that would ride on those buses, they did kind of see Diana as a hero, as almost like a patron saint. Oh, that's really good to know. See, I think I would think that people would feel somewhat relieved. I mean, not that she's riding like the fucking bus marshal or whatever, but I mean, just knowing, okay, two people got it in the end. I mean, somewhat in the end. (laughs) So I don't know. I mean, it would kind of make me feel a little bit better if I was somebody who had been raped. I know it sounds really shitty to say. I would love to, to be the big person and say, Oh, I can forgive, but I, I know myself. I don't know if I could. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's really fucked up what was going on there. Yeah, well, I'd like to hope that things have gotten better. It makes me wonder. Yeah, that I don't know. I didn't research to see if things had improved. Now, my theory, I'm hoping that I'm wrong, is that Diana was probably captured, murdered, and disposed of. Almost every source I reference made note of the fact that many bus drivers are also drug dealers. If half of the bus drivers, even if only on that route, were afraid to go to work, that's going to impact the cartel's wallets, so I wouldn't doubt if they decided to take matters into their own hands. Of course, I don't wish harm on anybody, but it doesn't make sense if the email is legit that she would make this declaration and only kill two bus drivers, unless it was personal and those two bus drivers caused her or someone she loved harm. Again, there was no evidence of this, but as discussed earlier, Juarez police are comically corrupt, so that's not necessarily a correlation. What if it was just the two people that harmed her and she got away with it and she thought, okay, I better not press my luck. That's kind of what I was thinking too. And that kind of makes me believe that this might be personal because most of the rapes and murders happen along Route 10, but the bus drivers she shot were in Route 4. So either she personally knew the bus drivers or was looking to make a point and just killed two random bus drivers on her local route. Again, this is just speculation on my part. Many of the sources I used said that between the 90s and early aughts, over 300 women were murdered, and the only time you would hear those women's names would be when they would disappear, or when their raped, tortured, mutilated bodies were found in a shallow grave or in the middle of the desert. That's so awful. The NBC News article that I cited had a haunting picture of a Juarez bus with posters of young women that have disappeared taped on the windows. 
Now, it's really hard for me to say whether I stand Diana without knowing more details. I do hope that she's still alive and will one day spill the tea. While I don't condone violence, let alone murder, I really do want to like her as I feel she was standing up for those that have been taken advantage of and ignored for far too long. Some of the women that have been found in the desert were only kids. Some were only 13 years old. That's a shame. Yeah, it's very sad. Was there anything else that you wanted to add? I mean, no, I, I'm totally with you as far as like, I don't condone any violence either. I also think that saying that here in the United States is a little bit different. I still think that there is a shit ton of accountability that needs to be taken even in the United States, but that's a whole other podcast. But I do think that we are in a much better situation compared to Juarez. I mean, as far as like women are concerned and that type of thing, I think um, there's probably, I would like to hope that there's not that many bribes going on, but I guess ultimately the in my heart of hearts, I would like to think that this was done not just because it was a good excuse to go on some kind of killing spree and get away with it, but I would like to think that, yeah, she was legitimately trying to seek some kind of revenge for either what was done to her, what was done to one of her kids, or someone that obviously she was close to. Yeah, that's what I want to believe as well. Now, you know me. I don't like to end on a sad note. We've got a review this week. Would you like me to read it to you, Isela? Do it! The following is from Irene A. on Facebook. It says, Interesting topics discussed in an easy, joking manner I would have with my friends. Isela and Jose have great rapport and are hilarious. So thank you so much, Irene. We really appreciate you taking the time to leave us a review and listening to our show. And in reality, we are all friends here. But you're not just a regular friend. You're our super friend of the week. Oh, thank you so much, Irene. That's such kind words. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And on that high note, <laughs> we hope that you enjoyed the show and you join us again next week. If you're enjoying the show, leave us a review, tell a friend, and subscribe wherever fine podcasts are sold. Follow us on the socials at GreetingsTAC, email us at GreetingsTAC at gmail.com, or leave us a voicemail at 915-317-6669. If you have a story to share with us, do it, people.